I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, my wonderful, beautiful friends. Guys, welcome back to our slash entitled people, where people think that they can do what they want and have what they want because they're super special. And in this episode, a Karen thinks that her daughter's stomach ache is way more important than some old man's life, guys, and tries to prevent doctors from saving his life. The story's wild, but so are the other ones in this episode. So I hope you enjoy the tales, don't shake your heads too hard, and as always, you can send or link your post to this email right here. Let's dive in. So this happened five years ago. I was 23 years old at the time, and I had a friend who I'll call Jane. I had known Jane for a few years, but we weren't super close. She had a boyfriend and a young son, and they were being evicted from their house because they spent their government assistance money on pot, and neither of them could keep a job. Their house was also trashed. I had been living in a beautiful little townhouse in the same town for about a year now. I was a single mom, and I was receiving help from rental assistance. I worked 40 hours a week at a grueling metal manufacturing plant and was finally in a position to buy a home with my then-boyfriend, who is now my husband. My lease on the townhouse would not be up for a few more months after buying the house, and we were all hanging out in the townhouse when Jane said, Well, the least you could do is let us live here since you have a house now. I told her that as much as I wish I could, I don't have the authority to just let her move in, as it was heavily regulated. That's when she threw a huge fit, and she threatened to call the rental assistance place and report me for not needing their assistance, if I didn't let her stay in the empty townhouse. She for sure thought they'd find me or something. Now this pissed me off. I told her very firmly that she could go ahead and let them know. The whole point of rental assistance, and assistance in general, is to bridge the gap until you can support yourself. She then got all huffy, and she starts trying to apologize once she realized that she couldn't blackmail me. And that's when she asked if she could live in my new house with me. And I was like, uh, did you miss the part where you just threatened me? So, of course I said no, and she lost it. She called me greedy and selfish, saying it would be my fault if they ended up homeless. Now it did suck, because I know I could have made their life easier in that moment, especially for the kid, but there was no way I could get past all that disrespect. This took place five years ago, and I went no contact after this, and I never gave them another minute of my time. (laughs) Yeah, some people need to learn to ask for help instead of being so demanding, guys. Oh, and the blackmailing when she doesn't get what she wants is also not helping her guys. And I'm not gonna lie, I do feel bad for her and her kid, but honestly, like, this is the kind of friend that you help, and you let spend a few weeks at your house to get them back on their feet, and then they just never, ever, ever leave. And did Opie make the right decision on going no contact with her? I think so. So this happened years ago at my first job. Now it didn't personally happen to me, but it happened to the assistant store manager that I got along with very well. The assistant manager told me this story one night when it was just the two of us closing and she was wanting to rant to someone about what happened. Now I don't remember some parts of the story she told me, but I do remember the key parts. 
the assistant store manager went to dinner with her daughter to a seafood restaurant. Her daughter had never been allergic to seafood before, but she had a bad allergic reaction to something, where her throat completely closed up and 911 had to be called. They apparently had to intubate her, and later at the hospital, the doctors had to put her on life support as she was in critical condition. The assistant manager stayed at her daughter's bedside the entire night, and she called loved ones about the situation. And at the same time, she called our store director, the Karen of the story, to call out for work since she was opening the store at 9am. She called the store director at 6am to give them enough time to call another manager in to open. The store director didn't answer her phone, so she left a voicemail. An hour or so passed after she left the voicemail, and by this time, her daughter was surrounded by their loved ones saying prayers. That's when the assistant store manager's phone went off in the middle of a prayer, and it was the entitled boss. The assistant manager excused herself from the hospital room and out to the hallway to answer the call. The entitled boss says, Hi there, I just got your voicemail. You know you can't call out, right? I know your daughter's in critical condition, but you're the opening manager and you have to be there to open the store. You need to come in for work on your scheduled shift. The assistant store manager replied, What? No, I'm not coming into work. I'm at the hospital because my daughter is currently on life support in critical condition. That's when the entitled boss says, Yes, I understand, but you still need to come into work. You are not the one in the hospital, so you're still fit to work today. At this point, the assistant manager's freaking out, and that's when her daughter's doctor was coming down the hallway and saw her in distress and asked, Is there something wrong? The assistant manager covering her phone says, My boss is trying to tell me that I need to come into work, even though I just explained to her why I'm here. The doctor says, Let me talk to her. The assistant manager was then taken aback by the nice doctor that she's known all night, who's suddenly starting to get very angry. So she passed her phone to the doctor, and the doctor says, Hello, this is Dr. D. Am I speaking to the assistant manager's boss? The entitled Karen says, Yes, why are you on the phone? The doctor says, Well, I'm on the phone to tell you why the assistant manager can't make it to work today. Her daughter's been hospitalized all night in critical condition and on life support. Now let me explain what life support is. Life support is when a machine is keeping a human being that happens to be the assistant manager's daughter alive. If that machine was not hooked up to her right now, the assistant manager would be making funeral arrangements. Now let me ask you this, are you a mother? The entitled boss says, yes, but... And that's when the doctor says, so you should understand how she feels, that her daughter, her flesh and blood, is in a hospital bed, with wires and a machine attached to her to keep her alive. She's been by her daughter's bedside all night sobbing and praying that her daughter's condition will improve. Her entire family is here right now, not sure if they'll have to say their final goodbye. Once again, she will not be able to come to work today, and I will gladly give her a doctor's note and write my exact feelings on this matter for your HR department to see. Goodbye. The doctor then hung up on the entitled boss, and the assistant manager was completely gobsmacked. After that, the daughter's condition started to improve, and they were able to remove her off-life support as her body started to breathe on its own. She recovered quickly after that, and she was able to go home within a few days. The next time the assistant manager was able to make her scheduled shift, she was confronted by the entitled boss. The entitled boss screams at her and says, Never do that to me again. I had to scramble to find someone last minute to cover for you. And do you know how embarrassing that was for me to have to speak to that doctor? 
The assistant manager said, I didn't do anything. That doctor chose to do that. I'm sorry that my daughter was near death and I couldn't come into work. That's when the entitled Karen said, I wrote you up. HR will be hearing about this. And you're lucky I'm not firing you. You have a job and you have to show up for your shifts. The assistant manager submitted her own HR report about the entitled boss and gave a copy of the doctor's note. I read the note myself that night. The doctor was true to his words and wrote his exact feelings about the entitled boss. The assistant manager ended up getting a call from HR management and they apologized for what happened. They also informed her that they already contacted the entitled boss's boss and she'll be reprimanded for her behavior. So the entitled boss ended up having to take a sensitivity class for about a week and was not allowed to work for that week. Guys, forget that sensitivity class. Like, what the heck was that BS? Like, someone is for sure covering for that woman because that boss needed to get fired, not to have a paid five-day training session on how to be a decent human being. Bosses like that suck and props to that doctor for telling that woman what's up. But guys, let me know what you would do if you were in that situation. Me personally, I would be looking for a new job because who the heck wants to work for a monster like that? And while we're on the topic of people not giving a darn about human lives, guys, listen to this next post. It's ridiculous. So this thing happened a couple of months ago, and it seems quite unbelievable and inhumane, so bear with me. Frankly, it makes me question my belief in humanity. I'm a cardiologist. I've had my fair share of entitled people, both inside and outside of the hospital. But as for inside, this one takes the cake, so let's begin. It's an ordinary day, and I'm at the hospital. My colleague's on sick leave, so I'm the only guy in the cardiology department, except for the surgeons. In the evening, one of my patients, who we'll call Kate, about 12 years old, walked in with her mom, for what the mom said was an emergency consultation. Now I didn't mind, as I had no appointment that evening. I also can't reveal much information about Kate's condition for protecting her privacy, so the only thing I can tell you is she had diarrhea, due to some heart-related medications I'd prescribed to her. I've started explaining this to the Karen that that medication could have side effects, and she was told about it when we'd seen each other last time. So if it was being too big of an inconvenience, I could make some changes in the medication. But Kate's condition had improved greatly since the last time, so the original medicines were taking a good effect. So I would not encourage that. Blah blah blah. At this point, that's when the problem starts. Nurse number one comes rushing in and says, Dr. OP, we have an emergency. You're needed. We have a heart attack. Of course, I waste no time getting up, as it's an emergency, while Nurse 1 debriefs me about the patient and his symptoms, according to procedure. I then tell the Karen that I'll be back and try to get to the emergency room, and that's when Karen blocks my way and says, No, what do you think you're doing? My daughter needs the doctor right now. Now, I do want to add that nurse number one was doing her job impeccably, and it's the drill in all hospitals that the doctor's informed of the patient's symptoms en route in the emergency situations. Nurse number one says, Ma'am, please get out of the way. This is an emergency. I tell the woman, I will see your daughter later. A man could die. And that's when Karen says, What? Don't you care about my daughter? I was here first, and you've seen how bad she is. You know about her condition. You can't just walk out on her. 
At this point, nurse number two comes running to check why I'm taking so much time, and here's part of the conversation. Nurse number two says, don't you understand that someone could die because of you? The Karen says, no, I won't let you leave. You can't leave my daughter suffering just because of a corpse. If he has a heart attack, he must be some old guy anyways, so why try to save him? And in my mind, I'm thinking, did she just say that? Now, neither I nor nurse one or two could think of saying anything, and the time for saying things was passed, so nurse number one grabs the Karen, and she took her aside, while nurse two led me to the patient, further debriefing me. It was a very close shave, and later, when his grandkids came to visit him, I realized that they had almost lost their grandfather due to Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Karen. The entitled woman filed a complaint with the hospital that I was refusing to take care of her daughter because I was sexist, and I would rather save an old man than a young girl. All of that was found out to be BS, of course, since I had the nurses to back me up, and by the fact that I had treated her daughter already. That's the most entitled woman that I've ever encountered while working in a hospital. Wow, guys, like, I know doctors shouldn't be putting their hands on anyone, but in that very moment, in a life-or-death emergency... OP should have been allowed to body check that Karen out of the way to get to that dying patient. I'm really glad that man survived, and honestly guys, I don't know, if he happened to die because Karen prevented doctors to get to him, would that be Karen's fault? Would she be on the hook? So this happened to me in my junior year of high school. For some backstory, I used to work the summer at my local McDonald's, where I used to mostly work the drive through window or front counter. This happened the day after I quit McDonald's because of my entitled manager, which is a story for another time, but thankfully she wasn't there when this incident happened. Now for the mayhem. Seeing as this was the only McDonald's in the area, it was the place I usually went to eat. On this day, I could tell the restaurant was short-staffed, as they did have a bit of a line in the drive-thru and inside. At this particular moment, I was second in line for a register, behind her, the Karen of the story. Now, I could tell she was annoyed. I mean, we all were because food was taking a lot longer than it should have. But that's when Karen says, Why is this taking so long? I have places to be. Me, not wanting to be awkward, let out a chuckle and say, Well, it seems they're short-staffed today, ma'am. Which was a big mistake. That's when Karen turns to me, and I'm guessing she recognized me as she said, You work here. Now go get behind the register and take my order. You need to be helping out here. Hearing her say that, I was taken aback by this, and I say, Oh, uh, I used to work here, ma'am. I don't work here anymore. 
Karen says, "Of course you work here. You took my order the other day." I say to her, "I may have, ma'am, but I don't work here anymore." Karen says, "You're just lying, so you don't have to work. Look how long the line is. You have to work the cash, so go help out. Take my order. Do you know how long we've had to wait?" Now I was shocked by this woman's attitude. She was about a foot and a half taller than me, and she had a "let me speak to your manager" haircut. Let's just say I was ticked off. I have a short temper that gets me mad if you hit the right buttons, and let's just say she was button mashing to the extreme. So I say, "Listen, lady, I don't work here anymore, and even if I did, I'm clearly not on shift, so I can't just hop behind a register. So get it through your thick skull and either go eat somewhere else or shut up and wait." Hearing me say that to her, Karen says, "How dare you? I'm gonna get you fired for this." I then laugh and say, "Go ahead, fire me from a place I don't work at." Now at this time, one of my past coworkers comes up to the register. I go to school with him, and he's in my main friends group. So when he sees my angry smile on my face, he knows something's up. So he says, "Is there something wrong here?" Karen turns to him with her red face, and she screams, "I'll have you know that I've waited here for 15 minutes, and the line isn't moving. I want to speak to a manager because there's no way I'm paying for my food." The employee, the line, and I all look at her gobsmacked by this, as that clearly hasn't happened. Just as our luck, the manager on duty was the manager I got along with best, and he heard the commotion and came out to see what's wrong. The manager says, "I heard yelling. What seems to be the matter?" Karen tells the same story she gave to the employee, and I look at the manager with wide eyes and mouth, "This chick is psycho." The manager says to her, "Ma'am, if you are to continue with causing a scene and making yourself look bad, I'll have to ask you to leave. And if you refuse, I will not hesitate to call the police. Shall I continue?" continue. At that, Karen just stares at the manager flabbergasted before her face turns an even more vibrant pink than before, and she mutters something like, "I'll make sure to call your corporate about this." And she just storms out. It was just in time too, as more employees came in, as I assume the manager called in more people. I got my food and a free pumpkin pie along with a story to tell when I got home. Thankfully, I never saw that woman at McDonald's again, but I did see her at Burger King where she glared at me, but I returned it with a smile and wave. Opie should have walked up to her at Burger King and said to her, "Ma'am, should I get behind the registers and take your order or can you wait this time?" Seriously though, some people need to learn patience, guys. Like you're not the only one waiting in line, Karen, and your time is definitely not more important than others. Here's a little background. I have a 12-year-old sister with Down syndrome and autism. My mom and I took her to the doctor's last week, and for a reward, we took her to Starbucks after, since she loves Starbucks. So me and little sister get into Starbucks after the appointment, while my mom stays in the car. We get inside, and I order a drink for me, my mom, my daughter at home, and for my sister. Now, my sister was already pretty upset and stressed out since she had a rather painful appointment with way too many shots for her liking, but she desperately wanted this Starbucks. So I go up to order, and behind me is Karen and her kid. I pay, and we go to sit down at one of the tables to wait for the drinks. But my sister wasn't having it and was running around crazy. The sweet barista then asked if she wants to watch her make the drink. So I walk over with her to part of the counter where you could see what's happening. My little sister's amazed and she loved watching the barista mix the drink and put the stuff in it. By now, the Karen and her kid had finished ordering and they went to sit down. And that's when the kid wanders over to us to watch as well. I didn't have a problem with this as both the girls were having fun watching. 
My little sister then got whipped cream on her drink, and the barista let her put her own sprinkles on it. And here's where the drama starts. Right when the kid sees my little sister putting her sprinkles on her drink, she starts begging to put some sprinkles on herself. And here's the conversation that follows. The kid says, I want to put some sprinkles on it too. The barista says to her, well sweetie, this is actually this girl's drink, but you can put some sprinkles on when your drink is ready. The little kid says, but no, I want to put sprinkles on this one. Mom... At this point, mom comes over and mom says, what's the problem here? The barista says, well, your daughter wanted to put some sprinkles on this girl's drink, but I told her no, since it doesn't belong to her. That's when Karen says, well, why can't my daughter put some on it too? The barista says, like I said before, this is not her drink. And I did mention that she could put sprinkles on her own. At this point, the little kid's saying, Mommy, I want to. Please, tell them to let me put sprinkles on that drink. And that's when Karen says, Just give her the damn sprinkles. At this point, my little sister's getting overstimulated from the yelling. So I try taking her away, but she's determined to get this drink that she won't leave. That's when the barista slides the drink to me and my little sister. But right before we could take it, the Karen comes over and she grabs it, telling her kid to come. Me and the barista start yelling at her that this drink is my little sister's, but she ignores it and gives it to her kid. My little sister starts screaming and trying to grab it from the kid. The little kid then runs behind mom, and while I'm trying to control my little sister, the little kid takes a sip of the drink and spits it onto the floor. The kid then screams, Mommy, I don't like this. This tastes disgusting. At this point, both me and the barista are completely shocked. I didn't completely hear everything that happened since my little sister started having a panic attack. Once again, I tried leaving with her, but the girl would not leave without her drink. Eventually, the Karen and her kid leave, and they throw my sister's drink in the trash. What they say next, though, made me so angry I was speechless. The barista told them that they needed to pay for the drink. And as Karen's walking through the door, she says, I ain't paying for crap. The barista apologized and let my little sister help make another drink on the house and even threw in a cake pop. Best parent ever, am I right guys? Like instead of teaching your kid to wait patiently for their turn to put sprinkles on their drink, she lets her kid run absolutely wild, waste someone else's drink, and then proceeds to leave and tell OP to just deal with it. Like wow Karen. And like I said guys, stories that involve Karens and their kids I absolutely hate because you know the kids will copy their moms and become little mini Karens. For some context, I haven't seen my full family together in quite some time, so they set up a get-together at the park today. My family gathering includes me, 22-year-old male, my brother, my sister who's 25, her husband, 29, and their two kids, my dad, my stepmom and her kids, my aunt, uncle, and two cousins, grandma, and grandpa. I get there with some picnic items, and I see a few members setting up. I say hi and help set the tables up and get the food out. We talk and play games while the others show up. When everyone gets there, we sit down to eat. That's when I sit next to my dad, and I get a weird look from my aunt, as she says to me, this is the adult's table. To which I reply, uh, I am an adult. She then tells me that the first and second generations are considered adults, and the third and fourth generations should sit at the kids' table since we don't have much to contribute to adult conversations. 
That's when I tell her that I can drink, that I drove here, that I pay rent and have a job, so how am I still considered a child? That's when she says that until I have kids of my own, I'll have to sit at the kids' table. According to my aunt, there's eight children, ages 6 to 22, and eight adults, ages 25 to 75. So I should just sit at the kids' table since it'll be even. But there's plenty of space at the adult table, and I don't want to be stuck with five literal children. She still disagrees, and at this point, my uncle and grandparents back her up, so I say F it. I take my quiche back and tell them to have a nice day and drive away. I get a few texts telling me to come back by my dad and grandparents. I ask if my aunt is going to apologize, and they ask, for what? That was enough for me to disregard their other messages and calls until I got home, where I am now. Now I do feel crappy that I may have possibly ruined a nice family gathering, but I feel my family doesn't respect me at all. Enough to say that I'm still a child and apparently have the same mentality as six-year-olds, so am I the a-hole? Yeah, Opie is definitely not the a-hole, 100% guys, and I'm pretty certain that they wanted Opie at the kids' table to play babysitter. But with that said though, Opie's aunt not considering Opie an adult because they don't have children is absolutely stupid. Like, what about those people who can't have children, like some of whom are way older than your aunt? So yeah, Opie did not spoil anything, those bratty adults did. And that, my friends, brings us to another end of our slash entitled people, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's stories, I hope you didn't shake your heads too hard, and if you missed the last episode on the channel, it's an r slash I don't work here, lady, where Karens are getting arrested again, because they won't believe that customers are in fact customers. Go check it out if you haven't, and myself and Stevie Boy will see you guys in the next one we love you imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with bowl and branches organic cotton sheets in a recent customer survey 96 percent replied that bowl and branch sheets get softer with every wash start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come try their sheets with a 30 night guarantee plus get 15 percent off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. code buttery exclusions apply see site for details